Hey, this is Coach Keita Bussey with 180 Farms Training, joined today by Sam Callahan with Callahan Training Group. And today our guest is Andy Priest. Welcome to the 180 Farms Training Podcast. Andy, ahlan wa sahlan. Ahlan bik, yakita kefa haluki. Ana bihar, shukran. Kefa haluka? Ana bihar, alhamdulillah, shukran, shukran. Anti teta kalamin, arabi, jamil, jiddin, jiddin, jiddin. Shukran. Okay. Andy, why don't you tell us a little bit about the reason you learned to speak Arabic? Well, the reason I learned to speak Arabic uh, actually has something to do with firearms because I was uh, laying on my back on a dusty range uh, uh, while teaching a CQB class with my shoulder separated. Uh, so it got dislocated. And I had a number of months afterwards where I was not really doing anything of a positive nature. And I thought to myself, well, why don't I do something different? I taught at one of the local universities part-time, called them up you know, asked them if there was a discount available, if I wanted to take a class. They said, yes. I looked down the sheet. I saw Spanish. I saw German. I saw French. And then I saw Arabic. And I thought, you know, this might be something interesting. And I took one semester there. And four years later, I decided to um, really uh, get into uh, uh, trying to learn the language and uh, spend some time living in the country of Jordan, where I studied quite a bit interacted with locals, and uh, later on was fortunate enough to uh, go on some uh, several uh, short-term deployments uh, teaching firearms in the uh, Middle East. Okay. So I've, I travel the world quite a lot, teaching classes in different countries, so it's very important for me to try and learn the language wherever I go. And I've come up with a method for myself that works and oddly, it was the same method you have figured out that works, where I'm able to pick up a language in about within about three days in the country, I'm speaking the language enough to get by. And you gave me only three lessons, about 45 minutes long. And then the fourth time we met, it was a test. Mm, I did a little correct. bit of studying on my own with flashcards, but really three 45 minute classes is all I had. And now I'm able to have a conversation, which happened the last time I was flying to my class in the airport. The ladies working in the in the Delta Lounge spoke Arabic, and we had a conversation. Then I was just in Seattle and had to ask for directions, and the man said, I'm sorry, I don't speak English. And I recognized his accent right away, and I said, <laughs> oh, it's a calamari bi kalilan. I speak a little bit of Arabic and he was totally shocked and his teenage son started already getting out of the car to translate and was very surprised to see his father having a conversation with a blonde white woman. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I cherish those moments uh, either when I hear it or I experience it myself because I've been, you know, in a store before and all of a sudden I just start up a conversation and next thing you know, they're like, how do you know Arabic and this and that and the other thing. Um, so yeah, that's, um, that's pretty much kind of our, our operation here is we, uh, you know, teach Arabic very rapidly. 
Um, usually within about four hours, we can have somebody at least being able to hold about a 10 minute conversation on various known topics. And to some degree, sometimes some unknown uh, stuff because they're able to guess, anticipate what a word might be, even if they don't know the entire sentence, so to speak. And that's 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 kind of what we do. And uh, I, yeah, it was uh, interesting to have you run through it because as a professional firearms instructor, you're also not only a subject matter expert in teaching firearms, but you're a subject matter expert in teaching. And really our program to some degree with my background as a firearms instructor was developed using the same methodologies that I've learned over the years, um, you know, such as layering, such as, you know, building a skill set, and, uh, you know, then kind of at the end having, having us put it all together. Uh, versus a lot of other programs, language language programs out there are very, you know, they're not dynamic. You're sitting there learning a word or words that you don't need in a conversation until you're an advanced speaker. And we just found out, and I personally found out that the methodologies that are usually taught in most institutions right now are not working when you actually need to build relationships, when you need to solve problems. For me, it was immeasurable working in the Middle East to be able to speak Arabic, not just on the line where I could fix safety issues, malfunctions, whatever the case may be, but also when you're trying to get things done outside of the line or, you know, fix other uh, problems. I'll, and I'll give you kind of a case study. We were actually on a base um, that we had been to about two years before. And we were walking down a hall. I don't remember what we were trying to do. We were trying to find something to get, get the process started. And down the hall, I see a guy that I remembered from two years ago. The reason I remembered him, he was an outstanding student. He was just a good all-around guy and warrior. And uh, as soon as I saw him, I kind of rushed toward him. We did the uh, uh, you know kiss on the cheek uh, uh, type thing. And I spoke to him in Arabic because he spoke no English. And at the end, he said, if you guys need anything, let me know. And, well, we happened to need something. I can't remember what it was. I think it was something about getting our interpreter on base in a timely manner or something like that. And he was able to fix that problem for us for the simple fact that we were able to communicate. We had built a relationship with him. So, yeah, it was immeasurable. Yeah, I've. I've definitely found it's helpful when I'm teaching in other countries to know at least a little bit of the language to give directions as an instructor with, well, when I was in Kenya, I had to learn some Swahili because the range hands, the helpers that were helping me build the stage didn't understand what I was saying in English. So I had to say, oh, move that target back or a little to the right or put this wall here. And I had to mm -hmm. learn very quickly how to speak in Swahili to say those things. So this is awesome Absolutely. what you're doing. And we have international matches in the U.S. too, in Florida quite a bit. We'll mm -hmm. have people coming in speaking other languages. Did you experience that, Sam? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've talked to plenty of people down, especially Florida, but not for nothing. I'm from New Jersey, and you know, a lot of people <laughs> in New Jersey speak a lot of languages. So. <laughs> yeah, so you hear all kinds of different languages. There are opportunities to use different languages in firearms, even if it's in the U.S., <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you, I think people would be surprised at how many you know different languages. I know one of the local schools, um, there was a report out and like there was 70 different languages in that school. It was a high school, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, there are people from everywhere out there. You know, my my 
expertise happens to be in Arabic, but really any language that you learn um, is going to benefit, uh, you know, both uh, the outside world and I think as a challenge, our, our inside world as well. So Sam, I have a question for you. You haven't learned any other languages so far. What has been the biggest obstacle for you that has prevented that from happening? Uh, probably time. I'm so, I'm just very dedicated to gun stuff and I am a one lane professional. So I stay to my lane. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Sam's kind of our ideal student in a way, because <laughs> we, you know, we understand time is such a, you know, it's just everything requires time, including languages. And, um, you know, one of the problems that I faced was, you know, I went to a, you know, institutionalized, um, you know, program or institute uh, program in an institution. And it's great. We learned all this grammar and this, that, and the other thing. The problem was, is I couldn't, uh, you know, I couldn't have a conversation with another person um, after I got done with that. Right. And that's where I personally started to go, hey, there's got to be another way. And uh, it was during COVID where, you know, I had some downtime. Um, I had actually just got back from a, a trip to the Middle East and uh, didn't have a whole lot to do. And a friend of mine called me up. I had actually taken over his apartment in Jordan. And uh, he just casually mentioned, yeah, I'm thinking about maybe doing some Arabic again. And he was my first guinea pig. And we ended up grabbing him. We did like three days, like, you know, just an hour each day. And he ended up just telling me that, hey, I wish I'd had this program before um, I left. So after that, we ended up getting a number of people uh, from the gun, military, uh, law enforcement sectors. And um, these people had not spoken any Arabic before. And we ran them through basically the equivalent of what you had, four days, um, 50 minutes per day, had them study 10 minutes on their own, doing some flashcards. And uh, we tested them out on that fifth day, and they were all able to hold between a 10 and 15 minute conversation. So while, yes, languages, especially Arabic, because it is uh, one of the hardest languages out there, it does take time. I think that time can be greatly reduced. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, this is not our usual podcast. This is a little off topic for us, mm -hmm. but I think it's so valuable what you're offering that I want people to know about it. Well, yeah, we certainly uh, we certainly appreciate that. And, you know, we want people to know we're right now a pretty small operation, um, but uh, we've had enough students now where we've you know completely tested this system out. And, uh, you know, it's ideal for uh, anyone who either has to go somewhere in a number of weeks and needs to be able to communicate to a degree or even somebody that wants to make this, uh, you know, a life challenge. We can cut that time you know, in half, probably. Mm -hmm. um, so what that's does that remind of, you of, Sam? <laughs> yeah, it literally sounds like Take a class. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's, yeah, it's one of those things of, uh, you know, if, if you want it bad enough and you don't want to spend that type of time, you're going to search out individuals out there who know how to do that. You know, I've been fortunate over my time. I've, you know, gotten to train with some of, uh, I guess, kind of the, uh, maybe consider the old school, but great trainers, uh, guys like uh, Pat Goodale, um, uh, Tom Gibbons, Louis Auerbuck, uh, who since uh, has passed. But, you know, those guys are, you know, SMEs and have been for the last 40 years. And, uh, you know, I look at a guy like Pat Goodale. I mean, that guy, not only does he know firearms and its related capabilities, but 
just as importantly, he knows how to deliver the content to students so that they mm -hmm. learn very, very rapidly. And, yes. you know, if I had to sit here and uh, probably kind of uh, say somebody has been my mentor, uh, it would be like Pat Goodale, who understands how humans, you know, both physically and psychologically work and is able to get the information so that they understand it in the shortest amount of time possible. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do with immediate Arabic is we kind of cut the fat out of the program and get it to where people can actually utilize it, um, you know. I think our main goal in the future will be try to get some of these programs to some of the uh, special operations units out there, guys who maybe don't need to speak fluently, but at the same time need to be able to communicate enough to prevent issues and or um, you know solve problems quicker. But um, a, a big thing that I'm, I'm hearing the similarities between is uh, I, I took Spanish my whole life and I don't mm -hmm. even consider myself like a Spanish speaker, like I took Spanish classes, it doesn't help with communication. But now I have a lot of friends who, again, I'm from Jersey. We grew up working crappy jobs. I have a bunch of real white friends who I call, uh, they speak kitchen Spanish. Mm. And yes. Way further than any Spanish that I know. And they actually can bust out conversations with people. And it sounds very similar where it's like, all right, here's how to how people talk. Here's how to communicate. Here's the important bits. We don't need to conjugate verbs just yet. I mean, if you're going to take your PhD in whatever language, sure, conjugate those verbs. But it sounds like this says a little bit more cut and dry what people need to get started and actually understanding the language, not the grammar. A absolutely. And, and here's kind of the example I give people, you know, as a baby, we're sitting in a crib for X amount of hours on a bed or whatever the case may be. Mama is over us with, you know, something shiny and going mama 10,000 times. One day, all of a sudden we go mama and she goes crazy, gets excited, gives us a cookie or a snack or whatever. We're rewarded. Life is good. There's a want or a need later on, and maybe it's like next time, mama cookie. Well, she goes crazy again. She's super happy. There's good feedback. So that kind of continues on to where it's like, mama, want cookie, mama, uh, want cookie, please. Uh, and then, you know, at four or five years old, we're basically fluent in English at that point in time, even though our vocabulary and our grammar may not be perfect. But now we can go off to school and we can learn all those grammar uh, uh, grammar rules and that huge vocabulary. But that's actually in the beginning- a, That's a very odd way to put it because I never processed it like that. Um, when I went to school, I spoke fluent English even though I had no idea what letters were. I had no idea what any of this was, but I spoke English and I understood English. So that's a weird, I've never thought of it in that regard. That's very interesting. And, and that's, that's very true too, because how many people have you met in your entire life who- have virtually no education or very limited education, but they speak their language fluently. Yeah. They did not have grammar. Mm -hmm. This is a, uh, a constant argument sometimes in individuals who say, we have to learn the letters first, you have to learn grammar first. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't want to do it that way because it's going to slow your process down. And just like you, I've interviewed hundreds mm -hmm. of people who've said, yeah, I studied Spanish for you know four years in high school or you know two years in high school and two years in a university. Um, and they don't speak and uh, they don't speak Spanish. I even I had fourth grade through college. Then I didn't speak Spanish. That was just normal. They just it was just a class and like everything else. They just made us go through the classes. So nobody really picks up. I don't remember anything from school. It's a good. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a, a uh, I have a student now. She uh, actually minored in uh, Arabic. And but when she came to study with us, she could not speak Arabic. 
Yes, she knew vocabulary. She probably knows the grammar, even, you know, if she had to sit down and look at it better than I do, but she can't speak it. And at the end of the day, whether you're deployed, whether you're going to the Middle East on business, whether you got him down at a match, whether you are helping the guy out out in Washington, uh, you know, to try mm-hmm. to get directions, none of that matters. You know, you can know grammar uh, all day long, but if you can't speak to the person, right? And you know, we're we're mm-hmm. just kind of back at square one at that point. I found the same thing taking Spanish in high school. I mean. My dad spoke Spanish, so I kind of grew up with it. But my mm-hmm. teacher in high school could not have a conversation in Spanish. Wow. Wow. I yeah, always thought that was interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. Um, I've uh, I've talked to some Ukrainians uh, who come over here since, uh, you know, since the war began. And mm-hmm. they are really great at um, uh, grammar, writing, reading, stuff like that but they're not super, yeah, pronunciation and actually holding conversations is very difficult and trying to get to the bottom of this. I said, well, why? And one of them finally said, well, it's the way we're taught there. She Mm -hmm. goes, our teachers don't speak English very well, but they can give you a, you know, laundry list of grammar and teach it and you will be able to pass a test with it. And I think that right there is like the biggest difference. Do you want to pass a test or do you want to get this done? Do you want, you know, Muhammad to open up the armory at five o'clock or do you want to be able to pass a test with your Arabic? And therein lies the, you know, kind of the the difference there. Yeah, when I was in Estonia, I noticed the same thing as what you mentioned with the Ukrainians. And I asked them about it, you know, the pronunciation and the sentence structure. Granted, English is very hard to learn. But I asked yes. them about how they learned, and they said, oh, we learned it from a book. Mm-hmm. There yeah. was nobody speaking English, having conversations with them that they could practice. Yeah, and that's the you know, that's the toughest part right there, which, you know, since we've started this program, we've obviously changed a few things in it. Um, and I'll just kind of give you a laundry list of uh, a couple of things. One, I never thought flashcards would do well in our program. I've used them before. I'm not saying they're the worst things in the world, but I never thought they'd do well. I think, though, um, they do well in our program because we have so much repetition. You're in scenario-based training, and you're actually using the language, and that's just kind of an an addendum. A a plus to it is getting the flashcards. Now, at the same point, um, one of the things that we do have people do now is we actually have them talk to themselves um you know we'll tell them to put like their cat in front of them who if you have a cat you know where he's from you know what he likes to do during the day you know what he eats and everything so we'll actually have people take either a picture on the wall of somebody they know their cat their dog whatever Uh, i've even had people grab their spouses and try this but and actually talk to that individual or thing and then answer for them so even though you're you don't have anybody to you know talk with all the time you are getting some speaking practice mm-hmm. and again going back to firearms training this is a little bit like dry fire is we're doing the best yeah. we can yeah we're doing the best we can under under the circumstances that we have yeah I, that is so true with talking to yourself mm-hmm. every time i go to another country you'll see me just doing this like my mm-hmm. lips are moving but i'm not saying anything and then people will look at me, Keto, what are you doing? I'm practicing. Yeah, yeah. And 
people tend to overlook those little things. It's like if you if you take a shooter who really doesn't know a whole lot about shooting and you're giving them the, you know, the, the handgun 101 class and they, and you go through your dry fire portion, they kind of look at you at the first, like you're crazy. Well, that's not really shooting. Then two years after they've taken some more courses, actually started shooting. They're like, you've got a dry fire. You're not going to become the shooter you want to be. And, uh, that's I to me, that's the same thing with uh, the Arabic languages. You've got to not just speak it when you have the opportunity to speak it, but also speak it when you sometimes don't have that opportunity. So, yeah, it's again, you know, to me, learning is learning, whether it's with a gun, whether it's languages, whether you're learning anything. It's trying to bring conscious thought processes into the unconscious thought processes, um, for instance. In the beginning, when you're learning to draw, whether you have a four or five step draw, however you teach it, you are constantly thinking about, you know, uh, those those steps. And then ultimately, hopefully, if you've practiced enough, two weeks later, it's, you know, it's in it's unconscious. You do not consciously have to think about those steps. And that's the same thing with Arabic is, you know, usually the individuals that I talk to who spent some time learning Arabic in some institution, it is total conscious thought versus we are always trying to get somebody to switch from that conscious thought into the unconscious as fast as we can. And it's, it is a game of catch up because you're always going to be learning more um, vocabulary, which is going to be obviously in the un or conscious stage at that point. But if you can get those first three, four five minutes of conversation down the next five minutes, which is going to be your hardest anyway, is going to be a lot easier because you already have, you know, all this vocabulary that you can just bring to the surface right off the bat. Yeah, something I found in firearms instruction as well is when you introduce new material, it forces the old material to become subconscious because they're so focused, all their conscious thought is taken up by the new material. They can't possibly be thinking about the old stuff they already did and it forces it into your long-term memory. I do, I do think it uh, helps to force it, absolutely. And I think that's true of both languages and, uh, like you said, firearms training is, mm -hmm. you know, there's only so many repetitions one can do of an action uh, until either the student's going to fatigue or get bored or whatever the case may be. So if you get them a little time or give them a little time to learn, eventually, you know, which is one reason we consider sleep cycle so important in learning Arabic, um, yeah. that, uh, you know, once they're allowed to have that time frame, <clears throat> Um, all of a sudden you start to go, oh, I can actually hold a conversation now, or I can actually get my uh, gun out of my holster and uh, point it in the uh, right direction, uh, and I don't have to think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely have been dreaming in Arabic <laughs> since our class. <laughs> nice, nice. And even when somebody talks to me, for some reason, the Arabic word for it pops in my head. They're speaking in English, but I'm thinking in Arabic. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, that's always good is, uh, you know, when either it's coming into your, uh, your dreams and or you're sitting there at a stoplight and you got, you know, 80 words bouncing around in your head and you're, mm -hmm. you, you know, you're trying to think of, oh, hold on, what is that? Or what is the name for this? Whatever the case may be, it means your brain is really actively engaged on uh, learning something. And I think yeah. that goes again, back to firearms training is, when people are really training hard, you know, especially somebody who's not used to, you know, running eight hours on a range, 
and they get back, they're starting to think about that. They're they're making motions with their hands when they're you know uh, when they're off of uh, off the clock, so to speak. Um, and all those little things will end up uh, helping you uh, you know learn whatever it is you're learning. Yeah, that constant visualization. All of us shooters, I think, are obsessed to the point where it's almost all consuming. We can't not think about shooting. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you're going to be successful in anything, you have to approach it like that. As you're going to have to push, uh, you know, push. If you want to get really, really good at anything, you just got to keep pushing yourself. And, uh, you know, Arabic's going to be the same way. You know, I think we have probably as far as I know about the fastest methodology to teach Arabic in the world right now, um, mm -hmm. at least as far as, you know, the basics of uh, conversation. And uh, we do teach reading and writing, uh, but to a lesser extent. Um, and, but once you kind of have to flip that switch and go, hey, I want to become fluent, that's when you really have to amp things up, just like you do with firearms when you go, hey, I want to go from shooting this to shooting this, you've got to start making it a part of your daily life to some degree. And right. you're going to think about it at breakfast. You're going to think about it at lunch. You're going to think about it when you have, you know, when you're in the car, um, you know, almost, you know, it's almost an immersion, if you will. Right. Well, why don't you tell people where they can find you if they'd like to learn Arabic? Absolutely. Love to. Uh, so our or website, English. <laughs> yeah. Or English. We, we do that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, for our Arabic programs, uh, you can find us. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram. Uh, and it's Immediate Arabic, uh, Learn to Communicate. And our website is fts-training.com. Um, and we'd be happy to hear from you. Um, we're always looking for uh, you know people who have an interest in uh, developing their language skills and uh, doing it uh, hopefully in about half the time that it usually takes. So um, love to hear from them. Okay. Assalamu alaikum. Well, Thank you so much for coming on. Keita, yeah, it's been my man. pleasure. Thank you guys, Sam. It's been a pleasure as well. Uh, nice to see everybody. And uh, you guys take care and stay safe. Yeah, Thank good you. to talk to you. Thank you for giving us your time. Very, very interesting topic for us. I know, or for me anyway, I've never, I don't know any of this, any of this stuff. <laughs> my, my, my pleasure. My pleasure, guys. I appreciate it. Awesome. Right, have a good much. day. All right. Bye-bye.